0: It's time for another edition of Your Home Discovery, broadcast nationally on AM and FM radio stations, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and more, plus easily found on most social media channels. Podcast available at YourHomediscovery.com. Your Home Discovery, keeping everything around your home sweet home looking great. Now, here's your host, Charlie Campbell. Do you
1: have areas of your home that don't cool? Like you kind of hoped that maybe they would? Well, the air conditioner was originally designed to cool the whole house, but what we have found over time is that there are segmentations that don't. The other thing that we have found is that we really don't need to keep the entire 5,000 square foot house at 69 degrees when we're only in one segmentation of the house. The revolutionary manufacturing process that has evolved the mini split technology has been significant today we are joined by Jeff Beckman and he has an amazing knowledge base to share with us here so you represent LG and I'm just gonna let you kind of explain to me in more detail kind of a 30,000 foot elevation first off of how a mini split differs from an air, just a standard conventional air conditioner.
2: Okay, so Charlie, I'm going to give you a little background on where I came from sure. and why I have an interest in the mini split technology or inverter technology. Right. So back when I started my career in the HVAC industry, this would have been back in the 1980s. Okay, and I started, remember the 80s. It started <laughs> out with the. With the 70% furnace. Right. We worked into the 80% furnace. Mm-hmm. And then in about 1985, 87, they started coming out with a 90% efficient furnace.
1: So when we talk about efficiencies, I get lots of questions exactly what does that mean? So for every dollar that you're pouring into the energy source to feed that appliance, however many cents go out the roof or wasted energy is the differential. So if it's a 70% furnace for every dollar spent, $0.30 goes out the roof.
2: That's correct. So as we progress through the technology, we've gotten to the point on a furnace that we're not going to get any more efficient. Sure. 100% is 100%. And we'll never quite get there. Right. So the market is always looking for what is the next evolution Mm -hmm. or solution to the problems that we have in heating and cooling a home.
1: Additionally... Saving energy, if we can, along the way.
2: That's correct. That's the motivation behind why a homeowner would want to invest into a piece of equipment that a a, um, contractor might be suggesting as a solution to the problem. So part of that would be we're looking for technology that's relatively new. In today's sense, inverter technology has been around approximately 30 years. Okay. It's the applying of that technology. (laughs) The application. The application that is now becoming forefront to this product category. Mm -hmm. And that brings us to a mini split in general is known as something that goes up on the wall. And it has an outdoor unit and an indoor unit, mm-hmm. and somehow it's going to heat and cool. Well, the same way the air conditioner was. It's just a magic box that makes cold air, right? That's correct. Yeah. But the significant difference is what a mini-split does is a little bit like your car on cruise control. Okay. Most people understand how a cruise control works is you set your speed, and it automatically will adjust the speed based on the load right. that the vehicle sees. right. So that's a lot how a compressor would work with a mini-split is this simply is going to match the load to the compressor speed. Okay. The benefit of that is it's like your car on cruise control. It gets better gas mileage by being operating on cruise control. Right. And that's really where the benefit of the temperature control for human comfort. Right. It's, it's running to match the speed or the need of the load. Mm-hmm that's where that technology shines. Sure,
1: absolutely. So when we talk about the, the, the human element to the temperature, I, I know men are not gonna like it when I say these kinds of things. I always get guys that tell me I'm wrong. Men always think bigger is better, more power, juice it up, make it more powerful. And in air conditioning, that can actually hurt you if you have too big of a system because we're not just making the temperature at set point. The goal is to balance the proper temperature with the right amount of percentage of humidity. That's correct. So runtime
2: is crucial. Absolutely. So on the old technology, I refer to it as a bang on, bang off system. Sure. The sequence of operation would be I have a thermostat Mm -hmm. that's sensing temperature. Right. And as we deviate away from that, it's going to sense that, send a signal to the air conditioner to turn on. Sure. And what you're bringing to our attention is the fact if we have too large of an outdoor unit, it's going to turn off very quickly. Oh, yes. And we're not going to dehumidify the home, which is going to compromise our comfort as humans.
1: And then if we size it incorrectly the other way, our runtime is so excessive that we're paying way too much energy. Or that it may not even time. satisfy the load if drifting right, away from set point. Right. If it ever catches up. That's correct. Which is a problem. Now, we're not here today to talk about the maintenance aspect, but how many times do you see the lack of maintenance keeping a system from operating correctly? They're plugged
2: up. That's correct. So when we look at the traditional outdoor unit, the maintenance required has always been at the outdoor unit. Mm-hmm. And the indoor unit is simply protected with an air filter. Sure. Okay? Sure. So what makes a mini-split a little bit different is they don't have very good filtration inside the home. And that's really where the maintenance would be required is at the indoor unit. Forgo the outdoor unit. Anybody can hose off that outdoor unit. And that's all traditionally what I would expect. Clean that off but spend the money on the planned maintenance agreement with the installing contractor mm-hmm. for the indoor unit. Right. Otherwise, you can expect about seven years of life expectancy. And break down why that is. It's fairly interesting. We were talking about this before. So when we look at a mini-split, when you look at the filtration associated with that, I refer to it as a catagen filter. Okay. And it's really a, monofil- a monofilament um, that's really designed to catch the footballs and tires Sure, the of particulates, stuff. the right. big stuff. Right. It's not going to catch the small particulates. Right. The small particulates can be created by foot traffic, pets. Pets, yeah. Vacuum cleaners mm-hmm. that aren't very good. Right. That stuff gets kicked up into the air. It's drawn across the coil by the blower wheel. But in this case, in the air conditioning mode, that blower wheel can be moist. Mm-hmm. And it wants to grab onto those particulates. Right. And when we have moisture and dirt, basically. Quite the combination. We have a combination for a real problem Mm -hmm. called mold. Absolutely. So we want to take care of that by maintaining that blower wheel and getting it cleaned off. Otherwise, it's going to probably create a problem for performance. Right. Imbalance. Mm-hmm. and uh, and honestly it's going to create a problem with noise associated with this product.
1: absolutely right we are joined in studio by Jeff Beckman with LG technologies as we talk about inverter technology and mini split technology and in today's marketplace it's a little difficult sometimes to know the difference or for a homeowner to know what to look for in an installing contractor so people by nature we, Understand how much money we're going to write out of our checkbook for the service of the installation. And so, because that the money aspect seems to be what we know, we also use that as the gradient scale to pick a contractor. This guy's $1,500 for the job, this guy's $1,800, and this guy's $1,900. I can't go with the $1,900 guy because he's too much. Let's go with the $1,500 guy. It seems to be, and I'm not. I don't think I'm guessing here. I've seen this happen an awful lot. Everybody understands the need to be frugal with money. At the same time, it doesn't matter what you paid for something. If it's not sized properly, if it's not installed properly, forget that five-year mark you're talking about because you'll be lucky to make it to that point. That's correct. What do you see when it comes to questions from contractors Direct to you as a manufacturer's representative, what do you see as issues?
2: If a contractor asks me the the downside to the mini split, I'm going to bring to their attention it has to be maintained at the indoor unit. Sure. Otherwise, you are setting yourself up for a problem right. down the road. Right. And those problems can be anywhere from unhappy customers, uh, inefficiency, but more importantly, you're going to find that. Trying to find an indoor unit to match something that's five or six years old mm-hmm. to an outdoor unit, right? It's not going to be there. This technology is moving so fast that that's why you want to maintain that indoor unit Absolutely. and keep it clean. Absolutely, it's going to save you dollars in the long term. Spending a few dollars to maintain that product, keeping it clean is really crucial. We're visiting with Jeff Beckman,
1: and we are talking about LG mini split technology. Keeping that unit clean is crucial and we're going to talk in a little more detail just a little later in today's program about keeping that unit clean. More in detail about why that's important and some other things that we should be checking
0: straight ahead.
1: Stay with us on your home discovery.
0: Stay tuned your home discovery continues straight ahead. Your home discovery now continues. Here's your host, Charlie Campbell. We're visiting with
1: Jeff Beckman, and we are talking about LG Mini-Split technology. What are some things when it relates to deciding what size to go with and how to execute the installation
2: do you find are causing hiccups down the road? When it comes to that process, we always start with a load calc. Okay. And a lot of times contractors are wanting to swag. Oh, sure. On how we do that. Honestly, it's not hard to do a load calc. The The benefit of our product category is there's no duct work. Right. Associated with that. Right. So a lot of times the rule of thumb that they want to use is antiquated compared to a duct work system. Oh, yes. And I'll give you an example of this. 400 square feet per ton. <laughs> Yes, heard that many times. And in this case, research shows that a mini split is approximately 30% more efficient out of the box, right, compared to that traditional rule of thumb. Sure. The upside to using our technology is very forgiving because the ability for that compressor to ramp down. Sure. So there's a lot of flexibility, but when we want our systems to be running optimally, it's really smaller is better absolutely when we start when we think about the sequence of operation you talked about it a little bit earlier Mm -hmm. in the fact that the longer the runtime, we can take out the sensible heat the heat that you and i feel as humans sure Sure. and then we can get into the latent load which is the humidity Mm -hmm. so the longer the system runs and the smaller it is the more efficient and the better job it does right and
1: by sizing it correctly we extend its life as well. That's Because correct. we're not creating excessive wear. And quite honestly, short cycling is not I mean you spend the most energy getting the motor started. And when you say ramp, I think it's important that we back up and take that apart a little bit. Okay. How that works when you say ramp up, because that has to be better on the compressor.
2: It is. So let's look at that from the perspective of a typical room. And say you're getting home from work and your system has actually been turned off Right. at your discretion. Sure. You walk in and it's 95 degrees outside. It could be 80 degrees within that room. Right. You go to the mini split control or the handheld wireless control and you turn it on. Mm-hmm. The way this technology works, it's going to look at your set point. And in this case, let's just say it's 75 degrees as your comfort level. Sure. And the return air is 85 degrees Mm -hmm. because now we're starting to pull heat off the top of the ceiling ceiling, that you and I as humans don't actually see. But the equipment does see that. So now we have a 10 degree delta T. That's absolutely correct. So the technology behind that is the indoor unit is simply a a microprocessor. It's a computer. Sure. It's going to take that information and it's going to communicate it to the outdoor unit. The outdoor unit is going to see that information, and we, we're we going to use a metering device at the outdoor unit called a linear expansion valve Okay, that simply opens up and it sends refrigerant to that indoor unit. Sure. And, the, and at that point, then our compressor is going to ramp up right. because it sees a deficiency sure. in the pressures within mm-hmm. the refrigerant circuit. Mm-hmm. We're going to send as much refrigerant to that indoor unit. The job of the indoor unit is to get to about a half a degree of set point. Right. So it's going to modulate up and down at the compressor trying to get to a half a degree. Sure. Once we get to that half a degree that outdoor unit is going to ramp down because the linear expansion valve has closed down sure. to a very tight tolerance. Right. And we don't need nearly the amount of energy mm-hmm. that you would see in a traditional bang on bang off system. Right. But so we're still moving we're still moving refrigerant. We're just doing it slower. That is absolutely correct. We're dribbling the amount of energy that is required to satisfy the load instead of the bang on at 100% capacity. Satisfying the thermostat, turning on, banging on, banging off, Mm -hmm. banging on. And you're right. It's the start and go that kills compressors and or motors. That's absolutely right. So let's
1: take this apart one step further backwards. We're moving refrigerant from outside to inside and back outside. Explain the process of absorbing heat and releasing heat because I think this piece is so often missed.
2: The easiest way for me to describe that, Charlie, is its thermal dynamics. Heat seeks cool. Right. And we're never going to stop that. So as long as we've got a heat exchanger that's colder, as we take air across that, the refrigerant absorbs that heat and it's moved through the refrigerant circuit to the outside. Right. And then at that point, we are simply going to discharge that heat that that refrigerant has absorbed to atmosphere.
1: And when you say discharge it to atmosphere, this is happening outside. That's correct. Refrigerants have gone all over the map as far as different types. We started with propane in the early days of air conditioning. Talk about where we are today in Freon.
2: In today's market, it's typically 410A refrigerant, okay. and that's been in our market for a number of years. Right. Originally introduced by Carrier mm-hmm. as the Puron product. Oh, yes.
1: Forgotten about
2: that. So the Puron product, was a, it was a marketing strategy to introduce a 410A product. Mm-hmm. Very well done by Carrier, and here we are years and years later still utilizing this product. Oh, yes. Now the EPA is probably going to get involved and suggest to the industry they need to find a more suitable, quote-unquote, more suitable refrigerant. Why they would do that, It's from from my understanding, is from many different perspectives on why they would want to do that. Right. Even if they were implemented today, my guess is we've got another 10 years of using 410A.
1: Oh, yes. Absolute, absolutely. We're visiting with Jeff Beckman. We're talking lg mini splits and basically the theory of moving heat from indoors to outdoors we've talked a lot about the reality of taking refrigerant moving it from inside to outside to dissipate heat to the outdoors we've talked a little bit about the 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 mini splits technology and how it ramps up the compressor's speed so we're not Quickly turning on, turning off. We're running longer at a slower RPM as we get, I think you said, within a half a degree of set point? That's correct. And then we're continuing to ensure that we're getting that humidity level under control. An aspect we haven't even broached yet is to put this car in reverse instead of drive to the cooler months, and now we want to take some of the heat available to us outdoors and bring it inside. After all, it is less expensive to move heat than it is to create it.
2: That's correct. So, Charlie, where mini-split technology really shines is not in the air conditioning mode. It's honestly in the heating mode. And the reason for that is the refrigerant circuit has the ability to absorb heat outdoors even though it's very cold to you and I. Right. So I'm going to give you a ratio. We refer to it as the coefficient of performance. Okay. And what this represents, it's a comparison against resistance heat, okay. electric heat. Sure. So, in example, if you were to pay one cent for X amount of heat, mm-hmm. what a heat pump does is it's going to leverage that to at least three. So, really? if I buy one cent of electricity... To power my mini split, Mm -hmm. it's really equivalent to three hundred percent efficiency or three cents worth of heat.
1: Wow. Hadn't thought about it enough. And that's
2: just based on the US standard. Right. Most of this product is out of the box three point six COP coefficient of performance. Which means for every penny I spend, I get about three point six cents worth of heat.
1: Well, this certainly explains the popularity of this technology.
2: That is correct. Now as the outdoor temperature falls We'll start to lose our little our our COP, but it's still a great deal oh, for yeah. me to spend one cent and get two cents worth of heat.
1: In all honesty, it's not a bad deal to spend one cent and get one cent worth of heat. Correct. We talk about the old days when we were spending um, seventy cents and and getting forty cents worth of heat. When we were spending a dollar and getting seventy cents worth mm-hmm. of heat, and that is actually pretty advanced technology over the old gravity flow units that were 50 percent. So you'd spend a dollar and get 50 cents worth of heat. To spend a dollar and get a dollar, that's pretty darn good all in and of itself, and that's down around the colder temperature zones, I'm going to guess. Right.
2: One of the incentives of a mini-split is there are power companies that will offer you a rebate. And part of that incentive is, is always around the heating performance, not necessarily the SEER rating. Right. So they're going to look at it in a little bit different format. It's sure. called HSPF. Right. Heating Season Performance Factor. HSPF. All these new
1: acronyms that you're teaching. I'm going to need paper, and I'm trying to write all these notes down. Jeff, gee. Okay. And this means...
2: It's just a, nef- a different way of rating how efficient a system is. Oh. So okay. I'll give you some some baselines. A baseline mini-split that okay. has got good performance in the heating mode will have an HSPF of 10. Okay. 9.5 to 10. Those that are, are doing off-the-chart performance is up around 13. Okay. And that is based
1: on certain criteria.
2: I'm Based assuming. on U.S. standards. Okay, that's correct. So if
1: you're trying to compare a unit's efficiency, one versus the other, this is
2: a common number you would want to. Know. Common number would be the HSPF in the heating mode, okay. or potentially the COP. Sure. And then in, in the in the air conditioning mode, it's SEER. S E E R. Sure, which is seasonal energy efficiency rating ratio. Correct. Yep.
1: Ratio. Okay. Okay.
0: More helpful ways to build and improve your home sweet home are straight ahead. Stay tuned. Your home discovery now continues. Here's your host, Charlie Campbell.
1: We're visiting with Jeff Beckman, and we are talking about LG mini-split technology. So I I think there's a technical aspect to this. On the plumbing side, plumbers relate things to more simplistic terminology.
2: Gallons Gallons per 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 minute pressure.
1: HVAC folk, you've got to throw all these acronyms out just because it sounds cool, I think. Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) So what is your, what is your, your take on the explanation when you have a mini split unit where you have one unit outdoors and you have several different heads indoors? For those familiar with the mini split, I think we're I think we're pretty much aware of the one unit sitting outdoors and the one piece on the wall inside. But that technology can be expanded with different heads inside
2: and yet one
1: unit outdoors.
2: That's correct, Charlie. We refer to it as multiport. Okay. What that would represent is I have an outdoor unit. Why don't you call it MP.
1: I mean you love acronyms. I just thought I'd throw that out there. I don't know. It sounded funny to me, but multiport. Sorry, I interrupted multiport you. That.
2: Or MP, as okay. you want to refer to it as. Right. Is a scenario where you may have an outdoor unit that has two ports, three ports, four ports. Okay. Potentially even more, just depending upon the manufacturer. Right. That gives you the ability to have multiple indoor units served by one outdoor unit. And in general, what we're looking at there is we're taking advantage of diversity. Diversity can be, I'm not using this space, so I want to turn off this indoor unit. Sure. Or it's diversity as the sun comes around the house, I don't need as much BTUs on this side right. versus the other side. Or it could be people diversity, meaning I don't have as many people in this room, so I don't have as much load. Right.
1: And and that's kind of cool to look at it from the load perspective. How does the system gauge that, and is an outdoor temperature sensor commonly used on these to help understand that differential and what we're trying to gain?
2: The technology is never going to be at the outdoor unit. Now, the industry talks about inverter technology and giving it all of the credit. Right. But in reality, it's really the smart indoor unit. Sure. The ability for it to communicate to the outdoor unit. Mm Mm-hmm. The outdoor unit's job is simply to maintain pressures. Right. And the linear expansion valve in the indoor unit is really where the technology is at. Okay. The ability to send just the amount of refrigerant required to satisfy that load. Okay. What are the most common questions that a contractor
1: would call you and ask when they're considering taking on this technology in their business?
2: Questions that come to mind is do I need a minimum number of indoor units on a multi-port? Right. And the answer is yes. You need. It's required to have two. However, you have the ability to turn one of those off okay. at your whim. Sure. The way these are installed is the outdoor unit wants to see it at least two indoor units mm-hmm. when it's first commissioned or started up. Sure. And at that point, you have the ability to turn any of those units off. Right. The other benefit of multi-port is as the project progresses – or money becomes available, I can add indoor units as well.
1: Oh, okay. Just tying into the, into the ports and the controls. That's
2: correct. So mini splits got started as a one-to-one. Sure. Okay. Sure. Now it's morphed into the multi-port. Right. And right now multi-port probably represents 35% of the market. Right. Because now the homeowner has the ability to turn off their regular air conditioner Mm -hmm. and simply utilize the mini-split technology in the spaces that they spend most of their time. That is really cool when you think
1: about the evolve, how this is all evolved and, and the technology and the money savings. And moreover, the quiet operation. Something we haven't even talked about yet is the decibel level of these units and how quiet they really are.
2: That is correct. Most of these units at the indoor unit are rated at about 19 to 21 decibel. Sure. That's whisper. Yeah. The outdoor unit is about 55, Mm -hmm. which is about as quiet as any air conditioner premium outdoor unit is rated at. Right. You'd literally have to buy the best of the best in the unitary market to get 55 DBA. Absolutely.
1: Now, one cool thing, and I want you to expound on this just a little bit. I just think it is so cool that LG offers. We've seen the units that the the indoor unit that mounts on the wall and it's white and it's so many, you know, three feet long or whatever it is and 18 inches tall or 14 inches tall. Some folks are wanting to condition a space that may be more like a family room and don't really want that long white thing on the wall. LG offers a unit, a, an, an indoor unit that you can put your own photo in, and it looks like a photo frame.
2: We refer to that as the art Cool gallery product, the
1: art Cool gallery, gallery. product. So that's an ACGP.
2: That's correct. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, if, and
2: only LG has this product. So if you have an application where aesthetics are very important, right, Where, where you don't want the white wart. Up on the wall, as right. I refer to it. The white wart. Hadn't thought about it that way. I would recommend the Art Cool Gallery as an option. Right. The downside to that, it's limited to two sizes, 9,000 and 12,000 BTUs. Okay. But most of the time, that's going to take care of a room that's 12 by 12 or so. Right. Depending right. upon the configuration and, and the people load. And the more you put
1: these units, say you go with four different heads, you can control the area that you are consuming at the time you're in that area of the home. As we, we talked early on in the program, the original design of an air conditioning and furnace system was to heat and cool the entire house. That evolved into building zones. Correct. But you're still turning the same equipment on that's running at the same speed it's just now been throttled back or choked back on the areas with which it's moving and returning air.
2: That's correct, Charlie.
1: With this, you're talking about a specific head being X thousand BTU. So now we're taking this sizing and breaking it down into bite-sized pieces. Absolutely. And placing it throughout the home where you can condition the space that you're occupying.
2: Correct. The beauty of that is I can have one indoor unit on the main floor and then I can go up into that challenging second story and apply an indoor unit in a bedroom that really struggles because of the ductwork deficiencies or the return air ductwork deficiencies. Perfect.
1: I am Charlie Campbell joined in studio by Jeff Beckman as we have talked a lot about LG mini split technology. Jeff, let's talk about technicians and their ability to keep these units working the maintenance aspect. We covered a little bit about that, but let's talk about the technology behind keeping them working down the road.
2: The key to supporting something that's been installed from a contractor's perspective comes down to training. Okay, And when we look at the training and the ability for contractors to have access to that, it's either going to be online or it's going to be required to go to training at a manufacturer's facility.
1: And you know, most contractors I talk to are not above going to a facility. In fact, the good ones are going to embrace that technology. They're going to want to come and learn directly from the manufacturer the different things that, that they have to share.
2: Sure. Most contractors take pride in the fact that they want to be able to support something that they have sold to their customer. Right. the The challenge I have is when you take this product and don't apply it properly or oh. it's installed incorrectly, right. it really creates problems for our industry in general. Absolutely, it does. So technical support has always been a real challenge for a lot of our products. Mm-hmm. However, when you've been working with furnaces and air conditioners <laughs> as you know them today for the last oh, three yes. years, you're very comfortable with that. right? So technical support is probably the biggest challenge that we have in the industry. right? It's got a flashing light, it's not working, and it's broken. right? So the challenge that we have is the contractor wants the ability to pick up the phone and get immediate assistance. Sure,
1: absolutely they do. And the difficult part to that is presupposition is such a killer. That's correct. Because when the technician gets on the phone with technical support, technical support didn't even know this call was coming. And by the time the call was placed, the contractor has oftentimes visited two or three times. They have checked certain things, but maybe missed something in the sequential order of operation, taking them farther down the road. So they start the tech support agent three steps in when maybe we missed step 2.3.
2: I'll give you an example of that, Charlie. The technical support is assuming four or five things. Okay. One, that the application is actually correct for right. the product that was selected. Right. The line set is correct. Right. The power cable is correct. And when we
1: say correct, we're talking about correct sizes and within tolerances because there's certain lengths involved and certain sizes involved.
2: There are actually minimum lengths required in some piping. There are maximum lengths required. There are vertical separations. Yes. That have to be taken into account because vertical separation and or line set can push you into a different system altogether. Absolutely. An application can push you into a different product category. Right. Critical cooling is a good example of that, where you've got a server room and somebody has installed quote-unquote a mini-split they thought would take care of it, but it's not designed to run at colder temperatures. Exactly. Those are all things that technical support is assuming has been addressed Mm -hmm. on the front line.
1: We are going to continue visiting with Jeff about mini-split technology straight ahead. Don't touch that
0: dial. Stay tuned. Your home discovery continues straight ahead. Your home discovery now continues. Here's your host, Charlie Campbell. We're visiting
1: with Jeff Beckman, and we are talking about LG mini-split technology. Because there's never an installation problem. It's never done wrong. There's never any steps missed. The problem is this thing is a piece of junk. That's the first thing they say when they call, I would imagine.
2: Absolutely. And I'm here to tell you the benefit goes to the equipment. Yes. If it's installed properly and the application is correct, we're probably 99.9% of the time good to go.
1: If the application was correct and it was installed properly, 95% of the time you could eliminate 75% of your technical support staff would be my guess.
2: That's correct. But in today's economy, here's what the challenge is. Technology is moving faster than how the contractor can keep up. Yes. The challenge the contractor has is having skilled labor as well. Oh, my. This is probably Mm -hmm. the most technical piece of equipment that most contractors are selling and trying to support. Right. So with that, proper training at the local level can pay huge dividends before they even go to the technical courses that we have available oh, at yes. the manufacturer. Oh, and it
1: puts the contractor light years ahead when he gets to technical training to have the groundwork. It's like trying to start framing before you have the concrete in place. That's right. You have to have all of those steps, and those are crucial. The support is crucial, understanding how that technology evolves. And LG does so many things for the contractor to make it pretty simple, Correct. from software programs to help select the right equipment that – Will actually warn you when you're honest with the system about footages and where things are going you mentioned something during commercial break about and I hadn't even taken this into consideration my outdoor unit and my indoor unit which one is higher I didn't even think about the fact I might be putting the indoor head in the basement and the outdoor units above it versus the outdoor unit is on the ground or close to the ground And the indoor unit is on the second story of the home. And the distances, hadn't even thought about how those things come into play. But the benefit is the professional level that LG provides with the software, it even warns you when you've picked some of these things wrong.
2: That's absolutely correct. We refer to it as a LATS program. Right. It's an acronym, it's none of the world. Uh, you acronyms. just love acronyms. And so I can't even tell you what it stands for. However, <laughs> it's something that I use day in and day out right, to keep our professionals within the piping limitations sure. of our product.
1: So the bottom line, if you have questions about mini-split technology that we did not answer today, charlie at yourhomediscovery.com. We have talked about a lot of different aspects of mini-split technology. I get a lot of questions, charlie, at yourhomediscovery.com that ask all kinds of different questions about heating our homes, especially when it's super cold outside and we have sections of our home that aren't really staying warm enough. I get questions about cooling our homes and one thing that we didn't get in too much you know detail about today is what are we doing when we cool our home it's not like we're making cold what we're doing is we are in fact taking away heat and i know that sounds a little out in left field but the reality is The refrigerant, as it goes through its pressurized and then expanded or gaseous state, is moving heat from one location to the next. Now, we talk about the mini-split technology, this inverter technology, and basically what we're doing is the exact same, I'm I'm trying to, to simplify some of this very advanced discussion, what we're doing is we are simply moving heat no matter the function or the time of year. So if we are in air conditioning mode, what I'm doing is taking heat from inside the house and I'm dumping it outside through that outdoor unit. In the event I have reverse direction, mini split, we are using the heat pump technology. What we're doing in the winter is we are taking heat from outside and we are bringing it inside and releasing it we're doing that with a product that absorbs heat that would be our freon i mean in the old days the very first air conditioning systems a lot of them used propane as that refrigerant it's a gas that you can pressurize and then depressurize as it goes through that system in the different stages of picking up heat and letting go of that heat. Charlie at yourhomediscovery.com, I get a lot of questions about, you know, the air just feels cooler when my heat pump is running. Why is my heat pump making it feel like it's cooler, yet the room is warmer? And what we're doing is adding heat But the differential between that and the way that we do that with forced air heating is we are dumping maybe 3 to 5 degrees warmer than the room temperature. So if we're setting our room at 71, 72 degrees and our body temperature is 98.6, I'm no doctor, so what is our normal body temperature? We don't set our home's thermostat at the same temperature. Temperature as our body temperature. If we did, we would feel like that's hot. However, with conventional heating equipment, we are putting air into a room that is hotter typically than our body temperature. So when you feel that, ooh, that feels really good. But if you keep your hand there too long, ooh, that's hot. Okay, what we're doing is we are We are fast-tracking. We're putting extra heat into the room, and then what happens is that hotter temperature dissipates, balances, or equalizes in that room. And 100-degree air takes 70-degree air and warms it first to 71 before it warms it to 72. It's a progressional thing. So it's a slow transition with the heat pump whether it be the conventional heat pump style or whether it be this inverse technology that we're talking about inverter technology we're talking about today either one with the heat pump when you're bringing 75 degree air in it takes a little longer to warm it from 71 to 72 to 73 to 75 but the reality is we're not creating that heat we're not paying the energy usage to make that heat. We're simply moving it. So if we're going to move it, it's important that we have airflow, and that's why we talked several different little segments here, Jeff. You know, we've talked about moving that air. So the outdoor unit, whether it be the inverter technology, the mini-split unit that's sitting outside, whether it be your conventional air conditioning system, whether it's in heat pump mode bringing heat in, or if it's in air conditioning season and it is taking heat from inside the home that it's picked up and it's dumping it outside, either way, I have to have air movement. And you know around that outdoor unit you can see coils. If all you see is dirt and debris, we know that we have restricted the airflow past that refrigerant, so we're going to struggle to either absorb or release heat. We're not going to get the air moving past that refrigerant. We're not going to be able to absorb that or release it as effectively. It's very similar to running up a hill with a towel over your mouth. Your intake air for that exercise is now coming through this towel. Now, imagine that that towel is heavily soiled with some leaves and dirt against it, how effective are you going to be at getting that breath that you need for the exercise? How effective are you going to be at running and running and running the dirtier that towel gets? And that's where we're at with cleaning our outdoor equipment. That's why we talk about the necessity of having service technician involved so that it is done correctly and we get that air easily moving through that unit. Now service technicians check more things. They double check things like amp draws, they check the general operation of things like contactors, capacitors, those kinds of things. But most importantly, they allow the unit to breathe. Jeff, thank you again for joining us today. Any final thoughts in the final 30 seconds here?
2: If you're a contractor and you're not involved with this product, you are really missing out on the next evolution.
0: Jeff, thank you again. Thank you, Charlie. Thanks for enjoying another edition of Your Home Discovery with Charlie Campbell, a presentation of CQH Ranch LLC, keeping everything around your home sweet home looking great. Broadcast nationally on AM and FM radio stations, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and more, plus easily found on most social media channels. Tune in again soon for more tips and ideas to keep your home sweet home looking great. Podcast available 24-7, yourhomediscovery.com.